We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is, this is, this is, this is. Heat, heat beat, heat beat, heat beat. With Giancarlo Navas and Ryan Goins. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Carla Navas. And with me today, I have Hot Take Harry, Harrison Citron. How are you, sir? I'm good, I'm good. We have Insider, Mr. Lefty Leif. What's up? How are you, sir? Very good. And we have producer slash managing editor slash co-founder slash utility man, Mr. Brian Goitz. This might be the only three times you hear him in the show. Yes, so Brian has things to do, and Brian Brian is going to leave us to our own devices as he half-heartedly produces the show. So, Miami's played two games, I think, since we've last done a show, and and they've both been scheduled losses, once against the Spurs and one against the Hawks on the second night of a back-to-back. Now, I want to get into Hassan Whiteside, and we're going to get into a lot of things today. We're going to get into Hot Take Harry. We're going to get into uh, some trade rumors, but I do want to start with Hassan Whiteside. Now, Whiteside has been criticized so much for lack of effort, and sometimes it looks like he's not all there, and yet he puts up 19 and 25. Now, I'm not saying that last night was one of those games, but he does have spells where he just looks like he's not all there. And I kind of want to know if that's just me being overcritical of him or if that's something we should be legitimately concerned about. Now, if I want to go to you first on this. Yeah, it's it's tough, man. I, I hate to be body language police, uh, but this is kind of what we've seen from Hassan Whiteside, uh, you know, less and less, which is the positive part of it. But, you know, some of this is just kind of, I think, who he is. And he also has a lot of, uh, you know, he has a lot of room to grow and mature himself. So I don't know. It, it, it's, it's a tough situation when you see him dominating and putting up the counting stats the way that he is. But, um, you know, kind of doing it in a losing effort and also not seeing it consistently, uh, 48 minutes. Uh, so, you know, it's kind of a Jekyll and Hyde kind of deal, but at least it's not as bad as it once was. Harrison? I think there's definitely times you can see where Hassan is kind of disengaged from the action, but I think it's hard to argue with the numbers. I saw a stat earlier today that Hassan's averaging 18 points, 15 rebounds, and two blocks a game. Uh, if he were to do that for the if he were to do that for the whole year, he would be the fifth guy to do that since 1974. The other people on that list are Elvin Hayes, Bob McAdoo, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Moses Malone. So. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, the guy is incredibly talented. I think that's why the lack of effort sometimes bothers you because he can be better than that. Um, but listen, if he's putting up stats, I mean, this team is this team isn't gonna win 
whether I don't know if he's going to win, even if he's playing, you know, absolute monster basketball. So um, let him get the stats. And if the Heat are worried about his effort, they'll look to trade him and he'll have a ton of value putting up numbers like that. And in, in the same conversation as those Hall of Famers, you, you say trade. Is this is this a guy that we're looking at as a centerpiece? Because I know Leif, we put out a, you put out a story about Gorin possibly getting traded. Um, so is this a guy in Hassan that they're going to want to look at long term as the face? I don't know about the face, but I, I think that they're committed to him, and they're and and they are not necessarily looking to get rid of him. But if they if that's the piece that's the difference between them fast tracking this thing, I think that uh, that they would consider moving him. Now we were having some fun the other day because uh, you know trades are fun. Okay, listen, audience, I know it's very cliche sports radio. This team has won two damn games, and we need to have some fun. So we were playing with the trade machine. We were talking amongst ourselves, and I know we were we were throwing out ideas uh, for how the Heat can get boogie. And and I know it's Clay, Clay Thompson's reportedly available. Uh, and Leif and I were talking. I was saying how in a situation like that, if you're gonna contend, you're gonna want to keep Goron, right? Because he's such a his contract's so valuable because he's really cheap. He's playing really well. He's such a great offensive player. And I think, and Harrison, he's been pretty decent defensively recently. So that's a guy that I wouldn't want to move. I'd rather, if if you're telling me that you can get a superstar, Goran is the guy I want to keep. And Justice Winslow and Hassan would be guys I would look to move to get better players because Justice isn't ready yet, right? So he's this limited offensive player. And I know, I, I can't say I know, but I'm pretty sure that justice is going to be something very good in this league but if you're looking to contend and you can get a couple stars back the guy you would want to part with would be justice before you want to part with goran it depends who you're looking at i mean oh yes it's contingent on that yes you're right like if you're i like cousins but i don't know if i don't know if cousins is like that big of an upgrade over hassan so i I always get a little yeah, I always get a little hesitant. Oh, and man, listen, I, listen, I know we can we can talk about culture, and I'm a big proponent of the Heat culture, but, I mean, he's a bit of a head case, man. And for him to really buy in this late into God, his career. He's so good. Like, the guy, the guy I think you I would trade anything for is, like, if, I don't know, if they keep losing, you start talking to, like, Anthony Davis. Maybe you throw, like, a Hassan. I'd rather on and Winslow. him. No, you're a dummy. Uh, Anthony I, think, Davis. I think you can get Boogie for less. It doesn't matter. Anthony Davis is one of the top five players. No, in the I, league. I, I know Davis is better, but I'm saying that you can get Boogie for less. Yeah, but you but you build around like that's a dude you can legitimately build around. I mean, I think yeah. my issue, I think my issue with Hassan is that Leif and I last season in the early beginnings were like we got to trade him for whatever we can get. Then after the All Star break, he looks like you know one of the best centers you've ever seen, and now he's somewhere in between, and. I think you just see what you can get for him. I'm not necessarily trading Hassan because the numbers he puts up and the things that he can do defensively can change the game. But if you could change Hassan into an Anthony Davis or a Paul George or someone who's superstar caliber, I think that's that's where you look. Otherwise, they'll keep Hassan. I think they're comfortable with Hassan. I like him, and I hope they keep him. And I actually hope they keep Goron, too. I think I'm in the minority there. Goron, yeah. I mean, you're, you're kind of at a phase of this deal when you look at the at the roster top to bottom where Dragic is expendable and he's a piece that even if you got a mid to late first round pick, uh, I think it just makes sense to um, to, you know, kind of cash in and, and cut your losses there with Hassan. It's a little bit more difficult because he is a younger player. He has a higher upside. But Riley, if he can fast track this thing, he's going to do it. And you have to kind of think about it this way. We talk about all these young pieces that we've that we have, whether it's Jay Rich, uh, you know, Tyler Johnson, Justice Winslow, these guys that we would say we would package for one star. If Hassan is a guy that you can then flip for another player of of that caliber that's a little bit more established. I, I just feel like the Eastern Conference is so wide open that it's foolish that Riley wouldn't at least think about fast-tracking it. But I do also think that unlike the past, he's going to have a little bit more... Um, 
he's, he's going to have Spolstra in the room when he's making these decisions. And I don't think that Spo is going to necessarily want to just gut the entire roster. Um, if you don't have a real legit shot at going and winning it. And that would require, uh, you know, getting more than one piece. You know, I don't think we're one piece away. You get Boogie Cousins, you're not, you're not going to all of a sudden be in the NBA finals, but if you could get two, it changes the conversation. It's not even about getting two, but if you can get, if Riley can get a star to come here and he's shown you in the past that he can gut a roster and put things around it very, very quickly. He's very good at selling Miami. He's very good at selling this team. And I, I think the team kind of sells itself. Maybe with recent developments, it might be a little harder for some veteran players. But I think ultimately the city and the, the, the franchise's success kind of sells itself. So he can gut the team and get a star and probably get a second. Like he'll fill it out like that. Like we've seen it happen before. Yeah, I mean, it all goes back to if, if you can turn every piece on this roster into Boogie Cousins and John Wall, and totally that's absolutely hypothetical and not probable of happening. Huh? You totally, know what reasonable. I mean? totally reasonable. Totally um, reasonable. Okay, cool. <laughs> but no, I mean, it, if you can do something like that, I think that you have to look at that and you have to explore, even if it takes gutting all of these guys. And I know that there's a certain contingent of Heat Twitter that is totally against that philosophy, but there, there's something to be said for p- piecing together two guys like that. But if it's just going to be one or the other or a lesser version of that idea, um, I don't think that they're going to be as quick to just try to put a Band-Aid on this thing. I also don't like the idea of sending Goran away for a mid-first round pick. I don't, I don't really see the value in that because at the very least you have a point guard who's on a good contract and who's really good, and maybe I mean you can still resign him when he's up, and and I think he'll age well. Uh, it's not like he's depending on superb athleticism anyway. I mean, it's not like he's extra fast. I mean, he finishes very well and he takes contact, but. Uh. I, Go ahead, Harrison. Um, I think Brian wanted to talk, but... Oh, I, I want to use my second opportunity to talk to ask Leif a question. I think it's a great hypothetical. <laughs> okay, Brian, you're... Uh, okay, we'll make it this way. You haven't allotted three times you could speak on your own free will when not called upon. <laughs> you're using your second one right now. Yes. Okay, okay, just make sure. So, okay. Leif, you were talking about John Wall and Boogie Cousins, right? Yep. Would you consider a combination of John Wall and Boogie Cousins better than Alonzo Mourning and Tim Hardaway? That's an awful question. I mean, I'm going to say no because I've never seen the <laughs> two play mean? together. Do you know? But, number one, do you know who you're talking to? No, but but there's from a pure talent standpoint that that's absolutely there's an argument to be made there. I think. Uh, especially if you talk about Boogie Cousins and John Wall being absolutely maximized, which I think is what you kind of saw um, out of, you know, they squeezed every outside of Zoe and Timmy that they could, I thought, at the time. Uh, but, you know, come on now. I mean, I'm not going to go against Zoe and, and on, the, guys, the guys with the numbers up in the rafters, you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's where it's at for now anyway. But I, I think that that's just um, – uh, you know, if you have an opportunity to get two guys like that, I know I saw some article about like, you know, Indiana being shaky, which I don't I don't know that I agree with that yet. But like a Paul George is another kind of player that if you piece him together with another one of these guys, uh, you know, it dramatically changes things. I I think Goran's, um oh, I just forgot the word I wanted to use, but I think you can you can trade Goran because if you do get a first round pick. Uh, for him, then you have two. You can use one of them on a shoot, a shoot first, not a shoot first, but a, a point guard that can shoot in the draft, and you can build around these guys. I also think Winslow will prove to be better with the ball in his hands than without. Uh, I think Winslow, as a point forward, is really where his game is best. Uh, he's a very good passer. He sees the floor well. It's really what he did. Uh, it's really how he dominated in the NCAA tournament at Duke, and. Um, I, I like Goron. I, I, the contract is obviously very good as as the uh, CBA and the salary as the CBA changes and the salary cap continues to rise. But 
I mean, it's okay if you know if you can get a pick for him. You just I think you do it now and. You know, holding on to him. Listen, we we wanted Goran to take charge this year. I know he got hurt pretty early on, but he just doesn't seem to be like as aggressive as you as you'd want him to be. He's been terrific, Harrison. Mm, but so at at the end of games, deferring to Dion Waiters is is ridiculous. I mean, I understand he's probably Dion has a lot to do with him with Dion being Dion, but at some point, like you take control, you know, with Wade, we were always saying, Oh, he's deferring to Wade, but this was the time to tell you what my theory is on that. Sure. At the end of games, teams run isolation because it's the easiest thing to run because there's the fewest chance of a turnover happening and it's, it's just easy to run. So what happens with Goron is Goron's not an ISO player. He's a pick-and-roll guy. And it's very easy to deny Goran the ball in pick-and-roll situations. So they go into ISO, which is not great, but it's kind of what it is, right? He's not LeBron. You know what I mean? Like, it's difficult to deny LeBron the ball, but Goran's a, a small guy. Like, you can deny, you can ball deny him easy and take the ball out of his hand. You're right. I mean, that that's why you can't go to him as a late game option and he struggles in the half court pat riley um you know i think it was in the exit interview last year or some at some point in the offseason he challenged goran to get better in the half court and that's where you know i I love goran dragic i think he's a a good player he he was a a good fit for what we were intending to do i thought he and chris bosh um the fact that that never got off the ground the way it was supposed to uh that sucks but um the this is the thing with with trading Gorn and why it makes sense even if you get a mid to late first round pick for him in an expiring contract if you end up winning only 25 games and i know that that sounds bleak and it sounds like a long year but Uh. let's just let's just say you end with a top five pick and then you have a mid round first also in a strong deep draft or at least what is predicted to be a strong deep draft that could be the difference between moving up two two spots and getting the guy that you really want that you have your eye on and not having to part ways with a you know josh richardson or uh justice winslow or just like harrison said you draft a guy and then it makes one of these other players that would be attractive to trade up expendable to get that next you know whatever you know you want to obviously find a way to draft the next Dwayne wade but just a franchise uh, a a player that you can build around so Deion waiters isn't that guy no I also think while while you have Goran in town, you could use hypnotherapy on him and just when he's sleeping, like you put these that. you'd put these headphones around him and tell him to tank. So whenever you whatever team you trade him to, he'll play poorly for them, and then you get a higher pick anyway. So Hashtag tank season. Yeah, embrace the tank. Hashtag embrace the embrace okay. the tank. So uh, we put out a, we put out a, we put a, <laughs> we put out an article earlier this week about a report. We have we are not. This is not out of our butts. These are this is a source story, uh, and I thought it'd be funny. Well, Brian thought it'd be funny. I'm stealing credit. Brian thought it'd be funny to read some of the Reddit comments on this story. Now, now, Leif, Leif wrote the story, and Leif has the sources. So, Leif, are you Brian? Do we have music for this? I know I'm putting you on the spot. Do we have anything? Any fun image? No. You're just staring blankly. Okay, it's okay. We'll just we'll we'll, we'll mean, go wrong. Do you want me to try we'll something now? Okay, first, <laughs> first comment, report, eh? So, strong start, they, they, they doubt you. Report, eh? Uh, this seems like less of an actual report and more of reading into Pat's quotes in an attempt to create clickbait. Ah, he got us. Like, what kind of source gave this info? A close source to the team? A cousin? The valet? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, if the valet knows that kind of information, like, dog, I want to know. Uh, th- that was actually pretty mild. I fully expect that people would question, you know, the vali- the validity of m- my source or of me. Uh, and-, and I'm not really even trying to be uh, this insider guy that's going to break all kinds of different uh, rumors and trades and-, and things like that. I'm not a reporter by any stretch, but uh, I do have people that have been around this team for a very long time. And I've followed the team for, you know, 26 years. And, uh, you know, 
know, throughout the course of that time, you make friends with people, you establish relationships. Even Twitter has been a big uh, uh, component in that as well. And, uh, you, you know, when you get text messages and, and DMs or, or phone calls and you have conversations and you hear stuff, then, uh, you know, when you hear it from more than one angle, more than one direction, uh, you know, then I feel like comfortable enough to to write about it. So, you know, that, I'm surprised people don't get a little more ruthless with it because um, it is frustrating when you see the Internet uh, and all of the fake, you know, trade rumor sites and, and, and crap like that. Oh, there's more. So who is this person and how reliable of a source is said person? Honestly asking. Uh, we have another post that reads, you mean you haven't heard of Heat Beat before? This is an attention-getting post by a blogger who has no credibility. I'm told quietly is also known as I'm assuming. Why are mods banning this post? And finally, Drogic is currently on a shit team. Uh, I'm actually, I'm surprised people doubt us, to be honest. I mean, before the season started... Leif, Alf, myself said that we didn't see Drogic making it to, you know, into next season. So you were obviously looking at the heat trading him before the deadline. And his injury just just speeds up the process because sure it's only an ankle and you hope he's okay, but you know, God forbid something something more severe happens to him, you can't trade him. So you know, the heat go from Let's see what we got. Like maybe we can make a run. Maybe we can sneak into the playoffs. To we're two and eight, which is bad, <laughs> really bad. And now we have to look into you know. And then Riley comes out and says he wants a pick. So he, he's basically saying what we said. I, I think Riley listens to us and then decides what he wants to do. To be honest. Yeah, I, I agree with Harrison. And <laughs> it's funny, uh, you know, like. We all said that Dragic was definitely, you know, that they had a ch- that he has a chance to be moved, and I know that uh, it, you haven't heard, uh, you know, the mainstream media talk about it happening uh, immediately, and there's a lot of uh, talk about it happening at the deadline or at the draft. But you don't think the Heat are going to broadcast exactly what they plan to do. And if anybody thinks that everything that they say, uh, that they're not trying to, um, you know, go one way and say the, say something different. I mean, it happens all the time. So are you guys are you guys kind of surprised with um I'm surprised that Hassan has taken the two and eight record so well because he, he sounds like he definitely understands that this is bigger than this season, and the fact that we've played good teams who are probably all going to make deep runs into the playoffs. So the record isn't that surprising. Watching the you games, also give Hassan any credit for anything. I think we've, I think not us, but I'm saying like the fan base has just from the second that he got here. He's been discounted for not being coachable, being dumb, being this, being that. He was going to muck up the offseason. None of that has happened because since he's gotten here, other than elbowing Boba in the face and tackling Alex Len, I mean, he's been pretty great. Like, he's fixed every problem the coaching staff has had. Uh, sometimes a little lack of effort here and there, but it's not really a big deal. He totally he signed the co- he agreed to the contract as soon as he was allowed to. Uh, he even was going to take less money for Dwayne. Like I don't know, I, he it doesn't surprise me because he's just been a guy who has just done the right things. Like he doesn't seem like a bad dude. He doesn't seem like he's greedy and selfish. I legitimately think he wants to win. Like he, he to me. He feels like a person that is motivated not by the money, although that is kind of a, a validation, but he wants to be successful because of how he's been, because he's been unsuccessful for most of his life because he was sent to Lebanon. He was sent to China. He's really lived these awful experiences when he thought that he was hot stuff. So now he wants to win. It's not just I get the contract, I get the numbers. He wants to win. I think that he loved being in the playoffs. Like He loves that success, that competition. Okay, you took something that I said and, and like went very defensive on Hassan. That wasn't, I mean, I, <laughs> that wasn't really where I, I was going. Takes, man. Like, Listen, I heard Alf on the radio today, and I'm like, oh man, I got some takes. I need to get him. I out. mean, I mean, I all I meant is I've coached, I've coached basketball before, and, and I oh, hate yeah, yeah, losing junior, in any in, basketball. In any, I don't like losing in any capacity. So I can't imagine a dude, someone sticks a microphone in his face after a hard fought loss against a really good team, and he's just like. 
hey, we're losing to good teams. Like, we're playing hard, and it'll turn around. I mean, that's that's big from, from whoever. I don't care who that is. I mean, I'm just, I'm just surprised by um, – I mean, I guess – I guess I'm surprised by a maturity of a guy whose whose maturity has always been questioned. But that was my point. I know. I realized as I went around that you might have made a good point. But why would I give you credit? Ah, oh. But no, I'm just. It's it's surprising, right? I mean, two and eight is is not great, and you would expect guys to be mad and yelling at each other. But it seems to be. Listen, I feel like Riley went in there like, listen, we might not win this year. Uh, We'll do the best we can, and you know, keep your head up high, keep your chin up. It's a tough thing with with players today with the amount of access we have because we don't know how guys were, uh, you know, back in the 90s or early 2000s when there wasn't Snapchat and there wasn't all these other uh, vehicles, you know, to kind of let us into their lives. So, I mean, on one hand, when you see Hassan smiling and joking and having fun and you're two and eight, there's like a part of irrational fandom where you're like, you know, you should be in the gym, but that's not really realistic. We're talking about human beings here, and uh, the the fact that he's been able to keep a little bit of perspective and and not you know let the losing get to you in a negative way and get ejected from a game or criticize officials and and be fined for it or say something controversial that shows growth in itself. So so I think that that's all positive, but um, you know there is always going to be a portion of the fan base when you're losing that says you know why are, why are these guys having fun or why are these guys loving life. Uh, which is obviously completely ridiculous. <laughs> this looks absolutely, and this team, even though they're losing, I mean, these are fun games, right? Like, they're losing in a fun way. Like, it's exciting. They play fun. They play really, really hard, and fans love that. And it's just fun to watch. They they've been super competitive, um, and they played good teams, and they played in close games. So those are all usually prerequisites to having fun watching the game. But I think where fans, the one portion of the game that really is difficult is this is offense and offensive efficiency when you're seeing guys miss easy shots and um, miss on multiple attempts on the same possession like you keep getting offensive rebounds and missing or or you know consecutive possessions with bad shots or, or just ugly shots that can kind of make fans tune out or feel like it's not as fun or it's frustrating because people don't really sit around and ooh and ah over the defensive end other than block shots you know so it's um it's kind of for a for a hardcore basketball fan or heat fan the games have been have been fun to watch from from a just a technical basketball standpoint uh really more on the defensive side you know offense is still <laughs> touch and go the second worst offense in the sport yeah in terms it's been of bad they efficiency. they they lack efficient isolation players shooting has been up and down um and you know they're relying on players uh to take a lot of you know i think at one point justice winslow was averaging 14 shots a game i don't know where he's at now um and uh you know like when you're asking a guy that that went from such a limited role to step up that way it's going to take a while the heat have a top four defense in the league uh, right tied with Charlotte so they're four and five look at that Harrison not muting his microphone being ever the professional I can't wait till this is done so he can make fun of him look at that he's just throwing a wrench to the show but what is that banging what's going on there what is he doing is he cooking is he- <laughs> we now take a listen into Harrison's room <laughs> Harrison yeah, you can't hear me. He's putting out his headphones. Look at that. What? Harrison, what? what did you what did you do wrong? What do you mean? What did you do wrong? You did something wrong. What did you do wrong? You did not mute your microphone when you went to answer the door. Oh, so you heard everything? We heard everything. Yeah. yeah. I love it. it looked like you were banging things. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Scandal. Harrison fights with somebody at the door. They're already commenting and slandering on Reddit. <laughs> yeah, they're quick, man. Those, those feisty little Reddit guys and gals. I, I ran out and forgot it, so it's all good. Yeah, of, yeah, it's okay. No, just be accountable, you know? We're talking about Hassan being immature. Yeah, we're talking about Hassan being immature. Have some accountability, Harrison. 
Yeah, it's fine. I mean, I just oh. forgot. Okay, before I was rudely interrupted by your banging, I was saying the Heat have the number four defense in the league in terms of defensive efficiency tied with Charlotte, so really 4-5. Uh, that's impressive. I mean, this that's that's good. They're they're. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised. The defense is there. The effort is there. That's what's going to keep them in games. That's what made me think that they would win, you know, more than, you know, I initially thought 36 was the number. I think it's going to come in lower than that. But I kind of got optimistic thinking that because they played so hard and the defensive principles would remain the same, that they would start squeaking out wins that, you know, so far they haven't been able to get. But, you know, so for if you like defense, then the games have been fun. <laughs> yeah, but deep, I mean, they, they play fun. And, you know, they're not a good rebounding team. They're in the bottom half in rebounding, uh, which surprised me because Hassan is good at rebounding and just as good at rebounding, and nobody else is good at rebounding. And they don't shoot enough. They don't shoot well enough to kind of... And I think a big... I think you can really look at where this team struggles and point to two things. They miss way too many open shots and layups because they get quality looks. If you look at the if you look at the kind of shots that their offense gets, they get good open looks and they miss a lot of layups because they think they take the second or third most layups in the, in the league. They're in the paint all the time. They just can't finish. And second is the rebounding because if you're not shooting well and if you're not scoring enough, those rebounds hurt you twice as much. So you can really look at where they're struggling. I think to those three things. Because they don't really turn the ball over that much for it to be an issue. Uh, although they do have times that they turn it over a lot. But those three things. It's the layups, it's the, sh- it's the shooting, and it's it's the rebounding. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're, they're getting to the basket when they want. And they're shooting a lot of corner threes, which is supposed bread and butter. So the, the game plan is good. Uh, they're just not uh, executing. They're missing a lot of shots that they should be making. And... Uh, I don't know if that'll like if that'll start turning around and they'll start hitting these shots that they're just wide open uh, for, but you know it's just it's a yeah, pretty they bad... have bad players. I mean that's yeah. I mean they have they they don't have the best players, but I've seen worse players make more of these shots. Right? I don't know, dude. Luke Babbitt and Dion Waiters and J- James Johnson is the most reliable shooter now, right? If who do you trust taking an o- a three? Um. <laughs> Honestly, I probably would just let Winslow fire away. Uh, I trust. God. I trust your boy TJ. That's who I trust. Uh, man. I mean, dude, uh, check no. his percentages while you're up there, man. No, but like he doesn't shoot volume. He barely shoots. Like he has good numbers because he doesn't shoot that much. You're, you would hate him even if he was making a lot. If he was taking and making them. So. I don't hate him. I think he's good. I just think he's going to be overpaid in a couple of years. You know how much better than Wade he's going to be in years? No, but he's, he's not already a, better than him. Yeah, no, stop. Oh, my God. You and Harrison pushing that narrative. It's true, though. Wade's being picked up by the Bulls. What did he shoot? He's, he's making one three a game. Big whoop. TJ and his almightiness. One point two three point makes. In those in in those little isolation plays that we have Dion Waiters taking step back fadeaways, like yeah, in those moments I miss Dwayne and I miss you know Dwayne Wade being in a Heat uniform. But in any other circumstance other than those late game isolation plays, I think Tyler Johnson is playing better than him in in pretty much every facet of the game. No, oh, plus, ha- plus he's Tyler- playing defense. No, I disagree. Tyler has so much less responsibility. If you gave Tyler all of Dwayne's responsibility, his numbers would be terribly inefficient. Yeah, but are, are, are you considering Dwayne's responsibility the same that it was when he was in Miami? Because I, no, I don't think it's but you can quanti- you can quantify this. Like, there are numbers that tell you how much responsibility. And if you watch the games, you see Dwayne's in charge of doing this. Dwayne's in charge of bringing the ball up. Dwayne's in charge of setting guys up. Tyler, that's a very offhanded responsibility of his. His job is to bring the ball up without turning it over, and then let's throw wet paper up yeah, the but, wall. And see but that's why. But that's why Dwayne stinks for the Bulls because he has all that responsibility and starting away on him because he's old and. Dwayne doesn't uh, stink on the Bulls. Dwayne's okay on the Bulls. <laughs> he's no, but he's, and you're right. You're right. He's not, he, he's not worth twenty five. Hell, are you laughing at, Leif? <laughs> Just you're gonna, you'll never give. T- you know Tyler Johnson is going to one day come face to face with you, and it's not going to be Tyler, <laughs> not be pretty for you, man. Tyler, I know you're listening. You have an open invitation to come on the show. Okay, we're come on, go call in. Uh, you, we'll talk to Brian so you can call in. 
He's open gonna dunk. He's gonna dunk on you and teabag you, man. Dude, it's gonna be a guy, good day. That guy. Every I get added so much. I think Twitter was doing this thing the other day. A lot of people were tweeting like your top ten mentions of the year, and Fez Butter made it on there because every game, everything that TJ does, I get added. Dude, Fed's like, hi, hey there, what's up? <laughs> Just like, dude, anything that TJ does. When you have the media doing it, then it has oh officially became a thing, at and, least uh, in South Florida. <laughs> Manny Navarro did it to me. I was like, I barely know you. Yeah, I mean, you took an unpopular stance. You took a dumb stance, and you have to suffer the consequences. He's been so good, it's not fair. It's like, why? Like, he's so good, and it's annoying. Although, that's 73% from the line. I mean, come on, Tyler, really? The whole team is struggling from the free throw line, which is which only compounds the problem of getting to the basket and not making the, the shots. Hassan has been better lately, but his numbers are still bad. Look, it's a fundamentally flawed offensive basketball team. So even though you're talking about a team that's, you know, top top four in the league in, de- in defense and defensive rating, it's just it's not um, – you got to score, you know. It's hard to win games when you're when you shoot when you're scoring in the low nineties. So I'm su- I'm surprised that um I, sh- I do want to check who's leading the team in minutes because I'm surprised that they have such a good defense when I imagine that they're playing a lot of guys like Babbitt and James Johnson a lot of minutes and that that can't go well. You know what I mean? You would think Hassan's leading the team in minutes because he's the only one that's managed to stay healthy. Well, yeah, why are you checking? Justice, Justice Hassan, Dion, Gorin, Tyler. I guess they're good. No, I, I guess I'm wrong. I guess the guys who are leading the team in minutes are the good defensive players, and you know Luke Babbitt. Even even as much, even as much as you want to, I mean, Dion has really been obnoxious to watch. His defense has been good this year. So but we said that coming in that he's a good and dude. I was so mad. So for those of you who don't know, our very own Alf was on 790 The Ticket today, co-hosting the Ethan Skolnick show. And Alf blasted me in the offseason when I said Dion's a good defender. And I just got railed against and killed. And then, like, Alf's first take on the show. Oh, but, you know, Dion's defense been really good. I mean, he, he's going he's gonna to take what he needs and take advantage of it. So you can't be that upset by it. I want to talk a little bit about Alf's appearance today because I'm really proud of him and I'm happy about him. But Alf on the show said his podcast he said, on my podcast, when talking to Jason Leiser. And to you too, Jason Leiser, you didn't correct him. You know you know how this works, Jason. You think people care about things that they don't even think about, man. The disease of me, Leif, it's happening. Pat Riley was right. I'm getting jealous. I was flustered and jealous. Yeah. The disease of me is real. Riley's probable in the, in the heat beat. Twitter uh, chat. It was palpable that you were you were envious. Jealous ones envy is the name of a Fat Joe album. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I think. Probably- listen, he's he's on the show. He's nervous. He was supposed to be the host tonight. He probably just got nervous, and it was going to be his podcast tonight. And he said that I, I don't wouldn't take it the wrong way. I was, trying um, to take, I was trying to take everything from me. He first took I'm, the job I wanted. Now he's trying to take my show. Now he's claiming it on air. I mean, he might just be better than all of us, and by yeah, might, and, and, and you know what? To you too, Ethan and Cochran, you've been on the show too. You know who the host is. You know, you all knew what you were doing. This is all collusion. It's all collusion to help your friend out. I see how this is. You too, Jason. And, and you start. You started this segment by saying, "And I'm so happy for Alf and and everything that he's done." That was a bunch of BS, man. Just this has been an amazing pod because we'll say something, we'll be like, "No way," and then we'll end up circling back yeah, to the exactly. original point. It's exactly. So, it. We've all done that. Even I, I don't think Brian's spoken, but he's done it silently. Brian has one more time to speak on his own free will. Uh, uh, Harry, do you have a hot take, Harry? Do you, have, do you have hot takes ready for us? Um, I basically, I basically yeah. want to show off that we have imaging. Brian! I can, I, can, I can come up with something. You can speak. You're allowed. Dude, Brian does this thing where he stares at the camera. Like, I tell him, Brian, you can speak. And he scared, He stares for approval. Yeah, he looks like a serial killer. Did you, you were listening to us? Did you have your headphones on? I have my headphones off, but you guys are talking so loud I can hear it through the headphones. Okay, well, give us some hot take, Harry Imaging. You're being a bad producer today because you feel like you have other responsibilities. Here Let's you go. go. Fire this up, man. Here you go. Fire this up. 
And now it's time for a new segment we like to call Hot Take Harry. Hot Take Harry. Harrison Citrin has been waiting all week long, all week long, all week long to fire up some of his latest spit-firing takes. Spit-firing takes. Takes so strident and cocksure, trident and cocksure, that you don't care if they are both ridiculous and wrong. Ridiculous and wrong. Ridiculous and wrong. Because you love it. Because you love it. Because you love it. It's going to be lit. It's going to be lit. It's going to be lit. Brian, it's so long. When are you going to shorten it? Never. (laughs) God, my God. It's like like five minutes. Uh, Okay, Harry. Spit your hot fire. uh, The Heat are in absolute full tank mode. It's not even a secret anymore. Uh, Winslow is, you know, out indefinitely with, like, a little nick on his wrist. Uh, Anthony Chang today earlier was saying that Wayne Ellington has the worst, the doctor says the worst thigh bruise they've ever seen. (laughs) That's... That's I an act- he's on the team. <laughs> uh, that's, that's an actual tweet. And that and that's Do you guys remember the thigh bruise that Shaq had where they were draining blood out of his <laughs> out of his leg every other day? So, uh no, the Heat are in absolute full tank mode. They have they really don't I, I'm not sure they don't want to win. They just don't care so much about winning. And this is just the way the season's going to be. I mean, uh, Rafe was saying earlier that 25 games would be a pretty um abysmal dark year but i don't even know if they're going to get there to be honest i I was i I was looking at the schedule it looks bad and i couldn't really i could i think i found three wins um maybe before 2017 so this is not going to be this is not going to be anything fun so embrace the tank enjoy the ride try to find growth where you can and this is where we are at least for this year Start watch a lot. We got to start watching college basketball, guys. No, hey. we don't. I refuse. Let's the Aaron, it will be our Aaron, college basketball. I'm all over time. it, man. Yeah. Aaron, <laughs> I, I only watch college basketball the years that uh, that the Heat suck. <laughs> the uh, oh. the Aaron Fox on Kentucky. He's a baller. Who well, that is? But I'll I'll take your word for it. So he's, uh, he's you, a baller. After you directed me to Anthony Chegg's Twitter account, I was searching through, and uh, I guess he's having a mailbag. Uh, and the questions are awful. So I think at the end of the show, we might answer his mailbag questions. I think that'd be funny. So toward the end, we'll steal Anthony Chang's listener's mailbag. Uh, <laughs> poor Anthony. Did we, for, did we forget to do a mailbag for this? Uh, no, I didn't. I, yeah, I didn't want, yeah, I kind of. So we'll, okay. just steal, we'll just steal Anthony's. That's what we do. I bet he doesn't have fun imaging like we do. But Brian, you have, you have to shorten it up. He's not listening again. Wow. He's why, why, why was that so long? He's know, watching dude. something. He's watching us. <laughs> that's, that's the scary part. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, so I just remembered. <laughs> I want to talk about Udonis because I know uh, last year Ethan said he wanted to play and he thought he could play. And I want to know... Uh, oh, he must be pissed, right? Because like he has barely touched the, the floor, and you would think that he knows that he's kind of done, but apparently he doesn't think that. I mean, you, did you see UD's net rating? It was it's like negative no. thirty. Oh man! Um, uh, listen, I I think he. Wants I love to UD. I know. Listen, we all love UD. He's the mayor. He can do what he wants. I think he just wanted some money back for the money that he'd given up staying with the Heat. And he can make more money as a player than he can as a coach. So as long as he can make money, he'll, he'll I stay. Think, I don't you think know, he's going to coach. Do you think he's going to coach? I don't know about coaching. Um, he, you know, he maybe could do some player development stuff. But, uh, you know... This summer, when he said he could play and he felt like he could contribute, he also was um, <laughs> either in the process of accepting uh, or trying to uh, to get paid. And also, um, you know, you're not going to say you're a bum and you're that you're washed up. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and UD's role is really important on this team. Actually, um, it, it, we don't talk enough about. Uh, kind of what we're asking him to do in staying alongside Hassan and and being the guy that could be on the end of the bench and, and, and being a, a voice of a, of a team, you know, like 
none of these guys know how to win. They don't really know how to be professionals in some cases. So, so Udonis is really valuable there. And I also think that he'll get stints throughout this season where he's going to get the opportunity to play. Uh, you know, there's going to be a cold period where you've got three or four of these guys that were playing at the at the three, four, and five that are all injured at the same same time. And I think that he'll get an opportunity then. So he'll get a chance to play. But I don't think he ever was expecting to be a seventh man on any team at this standpoint. Um, you know, but he's getting paid and he, he got he's getting paid back for for his sacrifices. I love that guy. Like I love watching him play. Even if it makes me sad, him being out there makes me so happy. Because it's just like it's my childhood. It's like, oh look, beauty. I grew up with that. He still rotates on defense and boxes out better than most of the players no, that dude. you know we he have. still tries to take charges that too it's wired in him like he can't never not like that guy's gonna be playing like retirement league ball at his rec center and he's gonna be trying to take charge he's gonna be that guy uh i just i just have an update that uh the sixers beat the wizards without Embiid. so now the wizards are two and eight and join us at the bottom of the league and so that's why leif's uh, John Wall suggestion is is possible because you don't they'll... out-tank the, the 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 Sixers dude. You can't the process. You know the Sixers are still bad, but they have Embiid. Looks like if he could be really good if he could stay healthy. And yeah, this I mean the Wizards have to. I don't know what they were doing resigning Bradley Beal, and now that made no sense. And now Wall will probably look to to go out. So there, there could be there's definitely going to be some movement uh, before the deadline. I, I don't I, I don't know why the the Bradley Beal thing happened. It seemed like a colossal waste of money. Brian, he doesn't see and hear me. I hate him. I'm trying to call him. I tried to discreetly wave. I confused my co-host. What the hell are you doing? I'm working on stories. I had to. We were fake talking about Bradley Beal while I got your attention. Who that? Did you play? Could you play our the mailbag? Welcome to a new segment we like to call The Heat Beat Mailbag. You send us your questions and hot takes using the hashtag MHB Mailbag. Now it's our turn to give you our answers and tell you how wrong your opinions are. That one's nice. It's nice and short. It's not so long. It's fun. See, look at that. That's good imaging. All right, so we're going to steal Anthony Chang's mailbag. Uh, Anthony Chang, your mailbag is ours. <laughs> well, the, I guess the first question we can't ask, why do you claim to be from Miami? It's kind of mean. Um, wow, his questions are boring. Why Why is McBobs taking over center over Reed and not power forward? Late, what do you think? Because they had to try something new, and they try to, you know, get some uh, value out of McBob. Well, yeah, I, have but- a, I have a better question for you. Uh, one of one of his readers writes, "Who's giving us a first round pick for Gorin?" San Antonio. Woo! <laughs> All right, Harrison, what were you gonna say? Um, I was gonna say that I think. Again, I, I think we're intrigued by what McBob can do, not what McBob's done. So, in theory, he should be able to do a lot of things in the center position that are helpful for us. But he, in his limited minutes, he has a negative per. So wait, what? He's, yeah, you he's do like that? that's what I read. Negative point nine. So yeah, well, let the young guys play. I mean, I, I know Spo's trying, and he's got a Woody for veterans, but um, let let. Let the young guys play. You know, let I Willie like- Reed learn. And I mean, I, I, I wish McBob would go away. <laughs> well, that's the thing. If you can get a month out of him where he's productive, trade him. It reminds me of when you hated Joe Johnson. You just kept wanting him to go away. Oh, that's your boy. He's, he's doing okay in Utah. Is he doing all right? I mean, I, I wish him well. I just don't want him anywhere near my franchise. <laughs> all right, next question. Uh, will Dion Waiters ever be a new Dwayne Wade or at least be on par? That's a Anthony. dumb question. Anthony, what the hell's wrong with your readers, man? That's a dumb question. I, I mean, move on. <laughs> who do you think should be the go-to guy down the stretch in close games? Harrison, what do you think? Um, I'd let Winslow have the ball. If Winslow's not in, let uh, TJ or Jarich do it. I mean, really, I think that was the argument the other day. Is why is, is that getting up with Dion? 
anyone but Dion. Anyone who's not going to be here next year. It doesn't, doesn't make sense for these guys to, you know, take crunch time situations away from young players who are probably the future of the Heat. So no Dion. Um, yeah, just no Dion, honestly. You're right. I, Anyone but Dion. I feel alone on this Dion thing because I actually think Dion is the best thing to happen to this team right now. Uh, because he's, he's a one man tank machine? Dude, because he's so freaking fun. He's a wild card. Have any of you seen that episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where Charlie Day is like, I'm wild card, and he just does weird, dumb stuff? That's Dion Waiters. Like, Dion is here to give us the fun because you have no idea if it's going to be a disaster or the coolest thing ever. At the end of that Hawks game, when Dion's taking that three, I wanted that to go in more than any shot in Heat history, including the Ray Allen shot. Because he's just like, he's an anarchy machine. And like, in all seriousness, I think this season kind of needs that guy, right? Because Dion provides us with somebody to hate. Because it's very easy to blame him when things go bad. So we blame Dion. So we don't have to blame Pat. We don't have to blame Spo. We don't have to blame Justice. We don't have to blame anybody we actually like. We blame Dion instead. And in return, Dion provides it. He's like Batman in the Dark Knight. He's not the small he's not the shooting guard we wanted, but he's the one we deserved. He's Why there. Would why would you ever wish that on any of your enemies? We don't deserve. I mean, do, do I not make sense? Like, when he messes up, all the hatred, boom, focuses on Dion. So, it's like, you don't have to get mad at people you like. And in return, he plays this off-brandedly crazy basketball that will either end in epic disaster, which means, okay, we're tanking, or in fun success, which we all like. It's honestly Riley's most genius move. I think this was calculated. It's going to suck when we sign him to a four-year deal. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.